Uh, we have a new uh, new spot to introduce you to this morning. I am uh, about to cross live to London where we have our, our Aussie man on the ground over there for some new K news and it's Brandon Smith. Good morning. Good morning, Susie. How are you? Great. And you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Love it, love it, love it. So you're going to give us a, a little... Well, the, the first thing I have to ask you, most importantly, is what's the weather like? <laughs> well, in great uh, English tradition, it's nice and grey. <laughs> <laughs> the lovely mist coming, oh. in, coming in. Oh, okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, now, we're, we're going to run through a, a few things. That one thing I did want to ask you, of course, over here, Top Gear has been one of the most popular shows. Yeah. And we've all heard about Jeremy Clarkson uh, and, and what he did wrong. But I know that there are a lot of live shows and some of them happening here in Australia. So can you give us an update uh, on Jeremy Clarkson, please? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, as you, as you just said, Jeremy Clarkson got himself into a bit of trouble with the uh, BBC and was subsequently released uh, from uh, what they're terming as uh, an altercation with uh, producer Oyson Timon. I, I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, <laughs> uh, an altercation? But, you mean he punched him? Well, you know, uh, it, it's been un- very, very unclear. They've been very coy about whether it was a, sh- a push, a shove, a slap or a punch, but an altercation certainly indicates them. Some physical interaction, <laughs> shall we say? And, and um, uh, no, what I was going to say was that it wasn't because people say oh, it was because there wasn't any food, but there was food, but it was cold food. Apparently, he wanted hot food after the shoot. Uh, well, yes, uh, apparently it's. Um, it, this is the funny thing. It was all over. It was a bit of a strop. I mean, over food, which is if you're going to lose your job, I'm not sure whether you'd choose to do it over a cold meal. <laughs> um, I think you'd probably find other reasons to uh, to, to to lose your job over that would mm. be much better than that. Mm. But um, I, look, I can't help think the BBC have been in a bit of a rock and a hard place on this because. You know, the top tier brand itself is is worth millions to them, anything from fifty to a hundred million, depending on on who you who you listen to. Mm. Um, so it's big, big money for them. But um, I think they've also been under immense pressure because they've had uh, quite a severe public backlash in the in the last few years with the Jimmy Savile affair. I don't know whether you heard about oh, that. Oh yes. Um, then there was Rolf Harris, who mm. he had a very long standing with the BBC. Um, and then BBC News got themselves into a bit of trouble by sending in helicopters to watch the searching of Sir Cliff Richard's Berkshire home last year. Ah. Um, and he subsequently wasn't charged with anything. So they've, they've jumped the gun on some things and been very slow on others. And I can't help but wonder that, you know, they reached their conclusion with Clarkson very quickly. It was very decisive and and. and, and yeah. harsh depending on your point of view. Mm. But, uh, you know, I don't advocate at all, you know, slapping people in the workplace. But a lot of other worse things have obviously happened at the BBC. Mm. And um, they seem to have, have, have gone down this road very quickly. And I can't say they probably didn't take this decision very lightly because it is worth an awful lot of money to them. Mm. But, you know, nonetheless, they are where they are. And obviously that, that leads into the live shows which have been planned for quite some time and they're international I mean I think they've, they've got four dates booked out in Australia. Yes they have um, actually at Eastern Creek um, for April and then in Melbourne July Sydney July 25-26 Melbourne July 18 and 19. Yeah, I'm not sure whether the Eastern Creek ones are going so people might want to check on that. Ah, I, I okay. heard on the grapevine they might have been pushed back and they were just doing the other 
the Sydney-Melbourne in July. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure about that, so people might want to check it. But but the BBC came to this um, idea of distancing themselves with Clarkson over this, and so they said the live shows can go ahead, but they're going to strip them of BBC and Top Gear branding. Mm. So they're now going to be called Clarkson, Hammond and May Live. Now, I don't know where they came up with that catchy name. I hope they didn't pay too much to their advertising agency for that because, you know, that's really clever, isn't it? Yes. Um, so they are going ahead. So the fans will be, you know, extremely, extremely happy. Um, I mean, one thing that, that hasn't been reported very much in the press about this, and, and this um, young producer, Mr. Timmon, he's taken enormous amount of abuse on social media, Good which heavens. is very, very unfortunate. Mm. Um, and and I think uh, Clarkson has made a statement about it in the UK, but uh, you know I think a lot of the fans probably think you know oh this guy got hit he ran to management he dobbed Clarkson in that wasn't the case at all he didn't go to management he didn't dob Clarkson in it was actually Clarkson who himself went to management put his hands up and says look I've stuffed up I've done something not very proud of it. Um, and I think and I think he put it down to the stresses of his of his marriage or his marriage breakup or something. Well, something like that. That that could be it. I mean, it, it, it how does, much really doesn't. Can you have though? That's right. It doesn't. It you doesn't know, he, really justify it, does it? Well, exactly. And he mm. built he built this this brand. He's a part of it up until till relative recent history. He had I think he had a thirty percent share in it, which he mm. sold out to the BBC. Um, he's done very very well out of it. So, you know, you, how much sympathy? I'm not sure whether you can give someone that, that much sympathy. So, so what's next for Jeremy Clarkson then? Will, will another network snap him up? Well, rumours are, there's nothing can confirm, but rumours are he will probably pop, pop up on another channel. They probably will wait and see if Hammond and May come out of contract because I think all their contracts are up for renewal. Mm. Um, and there'll probably be a bit of a, a downtime. They'll probably do the tours, see how they go, let the dust settle a bit. Um, and but but it's it's highly tipped. They will sort of pop up perhaps on another network um, mm. and continue the show. And you know some people have, have have jokingly sort of said you know maybe it'll be called Down Gear or Low Gear. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now what what's Milk Lakes and Lakes and Butter Mountains? Oh well, that's the the EU, our wonderful friends in Brussels. Um, this week. Uh, they uh, made the announcement that all milk quotas for dairy farmers in the EU, which obviously includes the UK, um, uh, have finished. Gabon, kaput. Um, so after 30 years of being very highly protected and regulated, they're now on the free market. Ooh. That has obviously made a lot of people very, very nervous mm. um, because a lot of these dairy farmers relied heavily. Some would even say be sort of slightly become addicted to, to these subsidies to keep them going. Um, so a bunch of Belgian and EU farmers decided to go to Brussels and protest last Tuesday, I think it was, um, and drove their tractors into the centre of town and took these fantastic, um, big, um, colourful sort of, I think they must be made of plastic or, or um, paper mache or something. Oh, and they're um, all gay. We, we, we've had them here. They, they actually go on tour if they're the same yeah, ones I'm well, thinking of. Yes, well, I was, I was going to say, I'm sure there was a, a tour of them out, out in Australia. So I'm yes. sure there's one still down in Kiama, down the south coast. <laughs> um, but basically, yeah, you can go online and have a look. They're fantastic. They're, they're pieces of art in themselves. Mm. But they rocked up on Brussels and lit some bonfires this time. 
to protest against that. Now, whether they should have protested, I, don't, I suppose, you know, depends on, on which side of the fence you sit. But mm. I mean, they, it wasn't a, a flash decision. They've known about this since 2003. Um, so they've had a long time to get used to it and adapt. And every year since then, since 2003, the milk quotas have been going up to prepare, prepare them to, to move into this open market system. I mean, mm. in 2009, the EU actually spent over 240 million euros buying up the surplus milk and butter, mm-hmm. which is astronomical and a, a complete waste of food, um, but to prop up the price. Um, you know, their logic is now we go to an open market, um, they can sell out into specifically China, um, and they'll be competing with the US and Australia. I wouldn't have thought China was a big milk consumer. Well, I think as the China middle, middle classes are coming up, they're... It's not only milk, it's the associated dairy products, it's milk, it's cheese, oh, butter, okay. um, that they can, they can produce and sell out there. Mm. My big fear, I mean, I don't know about you, but everybody in the West seems to be saying, oh, let's sell to China. Yeah. Yeah, let's go to China for investment. <laughs> and it really worries me, it frightens the Jesus out of me that we, we are all going to China and putting all our eggs in one basket. Well, it's funny you should say that, Brandon, because uh, not only are we selling to China, but unfortunately we are selling Australia to China. You know, they're yeah, buying our electricity, they're buying our, our everything. So, yeah, no, you're not the only ones that, that can be can be scared and, and nervous, I can assure you. Now, you've got a uh, an election coming up pretty soon. Oh, yes. Yes, we have. And what a, what a cracker it is. <laughs> really? Uh, well, this week, um, with the official dissolving of Parliament, David Cameron went to the palace and, and kissed the Queen's hand and said, can you dissolve Parliament? And she said, yes, OK, and off we go. Um, and that was uh, helped launch by Boris Johnson, who is the Mayor of London. I don't know if you've heard of him out there. Oh, I have, yes, yes. He's a wonderful, larger-than-life I was going to say, he's really over-the-top, isn't he? Oh, he's completely over-the-top, but incredibly intelligent. I mm. mean, really uh, incredibly intelligent, but he comes with these fantastic um, quips. I mean, they're absolutely brilliant. So he's launched the campaign, and he's called the Labour Party the Thelma and Louise of British politics. <laughs> and I, I think it's hilarious. You know, I think it's, it's saying they leave a, a freight train, a wreck of damage behind them, and then drive off a cliff. And it's uh, it's, it's beautiful. Um, and he's, he's called the Conservatives. He wasn't as clever with this one, I don't think. Mm. Because uh, he's called them the the party of kitchen ownership, and and what does he mean by that? I think that's that's a throwback to the one of the sort of the old old school Tory values, and it goes right back to Thatcher mm. um, of home ownership because they're very big. The Tories at their core, um, and it came out through through Margaret Thatcher's times of transitions, but they're very big about um, working, paying your way. Um, aspiration and, and owning your own home and building your own wealth. Mm. And I think it, it, it harks back to resonate against sort of those core values of old. Uh, and and the it, Tory party, where do they sit in the grand scale of things? Are they are they uh, quite conservative? The Tories are, are uh, probably, they're conservatives. They're um, a bit like the Liberal Party. Mm-hmm. However, it would be, you know, you could say that, that David Cameron, if, if you take a sort of a, a, a you know, left, right and centre, mm. David Cameron's probably just right and centre. He's mm. very middle of the line. Mm. You know, he, he's, he's quite a liberal conservative, really compared to, um, to, to the old days. I think Tony Abbott is probably more conservative than David Cameron. Oh, OK. Uh, really. Mm-hmm. And then we have, uh, you know, Ed Miliband on the other side with Labour, who's 
fighting very hard to distance himself from sort of the mess that we were left in under the, the Blair Brown years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got another wonderful guy called Nigel Farage, who's head of UKIP. Now, they're very hard right. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to leave leave Europe. They're very anti-immigration. Um, and then a very surprise uh, runner who's coming in uh, is uh, Nicola Sturgeon from the SNP. Um, and that's quite a frightening scenario because they're quite left, mm-hmm. um, further left than Labour. So the trouble with this election um, is we're going to, highly likely we're going to end up with a minority government. Oh, you that, too. Yep, and both sides of politics will have to form coalition governments. Oh. So we're in quite a pickle about where it's going to land. And it was interesting, we had the first line of TV debates this week where they all attacked each other um, and it was quite interesting because you had the left attacking the left. Mm. So the SNP and the Labour Party were fighting. The UKIP and the Conservatives were fighting. Mm. And you're kind of like, but these guys are going to have to form a coalition to work together. <laughs> yet, yet they're fundamentally against each other now. So how is this going to work? And, and, and what benefit is, is it going to be for the UK? Well, I mean, this is the problem when you get fragmented parties beyond a certain point. It's all, it's all great to have multiple parties. When you start to get these smaller parties coming in and taking the vote, and then you get you know, your primary two-party system, but they're, they're, they're quite weakened, and they don't get a majority to govern, you end up in this, this tread water period for five years over here, because we have five-year terms. Yeah, oh, now, okay. Well, and and, you, and you sometimes to... treading water and doing nothing is worse than doing something. You're you know, absolutely regardless of what side of politics you're on. Just doing nothing is worse than doing something. You're spot on. We've got our our Senate shanghaied at the moment with a you know a handful of uh, of uh, independents, and and it's just it's crippling this country. It's just dreadful. Yeah, if you, you've got the standoff with with the Senate, you're starting to see the beginning. I think actually you saw you saw the beginning of it with the Gillard government when they were kind of held to ransom by a handful of independents, right. weren't they? Yes, and yeah. So the three musketeers. Yeah, as you see that breakdown, you can't govern. You need to have the majority to govern. And unfortunately, I think these days, with career politicians, people in opposition are just obstructive for the sake of being obstructive, mm-hmm. rather than saying, okay, the general public, the guys across the room got the majority, so we'll pass it. If it's really, really ball out of the park, outrageous stuff, we'll block it. Mm. But generally let them go with their policies and let them govern the country. Mm. And, and we don't see that. Uh, it's very, become very obstructionist. If you've just joined us, I'm chatting to Brandon Smith, our man on the ground in the UK. And uh, I, I want to talk to you at length next week, if I can, about your budget and, and your bank levies and all of that, because uh, I think we're having similar problems to you. But I think if we can wrap it up by, by saying uh, your, your loss is our gain, Prince Harry's coming to town. Oh, he is. This is, this is both happy and sad news, really. Um, because uh, Prince Harry, or Captain Wales, as he's officially known in the armed forces, he's going out to Australia for, for a month, mm-hmm. um, which is really great stuff. And, and he's actually worked with the um, Aussies before. I mean, he's been on two tours to Afghanistan. He's trained with them. He's worked with them. He's met them when he, he, he held his uh, Invictus Games over here last year. And so he's going out there for a, a month's tour. Uh, that'll actually wrap up um, with him then going to Turkey, where he'll meet up with his father, which is Prince Charles, of course, 
for the Gallipoli World War One mm. commemorations mm. at the end of April. The sad part of it is, is that um, I think he's wrapping up in June this year from memory, um, and he's leaving the armed forces. So this is kind of the end of, of, of quite a prosperous career. He's, he's done a really good job in it. Um, but I'm not sure if he's going to be getting out much, so I think the girls out there might be greatly disappointed. <laughs> I have a feeling he'll be under lock and key with the army, so I don't know if he'll be doing any any, any sort of strip snooker games up in Bris Vegas or anything. <laughs> I don't um, know that he's going to get a chance to go to Bris Vegas. He's certainly coming to Sydney. He's going to Darwin and he's going to Perth. He's going to spend time with the SAS in Perth. Yeah. And uh, But you're right, it, it, primarily it's all to do with the military. Uh, right. But what's he going to do after June then, when he's not uh, when he's not Captain Harry Wales? Well, I mean, this remains to to be seen. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the the talk is that he'll put more time into his existing charities. He's got uh, charities that work out in Africa. He's uh, he's expressed a, a keen interest to keep going with the Invictus Games, mm-hmm. which they had the first one for um, the the war wounded, which is a real positive thing. So I imagine he'll still be involved with that moving on. Um, and he'll concentrate his, on on his uh, his charity work, and I guess he will probably um, take up a slightly uh, bigger role in in official royal duties as oh, well yes. with his brother. Yeah, because I've noticed that Her Majesty is getting just that little bit more frail each year. She is, mm. and more of her work is being sort of dropped down to to Charles and the, and the boys. Mm. That is very clearly mm. starting to happen. So. And, and I guess Harry is going to be Uncle Harry again soon, so he'll want to spend a little bit more time with his current nephew. And and well, we don't know whether it's it's going to be another nephew or a niece. Well, yes. <laughs> I wonder what the, I don't know what the current bets are on that. Actually, oh. I'd like to see what the odds are, what the betting bet, the bet, the betters are. Uh, well, are giving every, us on every time the poor girl wears, wears pink, they say it's going to be a girl, and you know, you you just can't win. I I I think she's due around the Queen's birthday. Oh right, okay. So well, that'll be just when he's coming out of the army. Mm, so yeah. maybe when next we speak, we'll uh, you'll have more news. We'll have to see. But yeah, I, I can't thank you enough. It's been great getting a uh, a, a, a thumbnail of what's happening uh, from from our from our big brothers. Uh, you're very welcome. <laughs> I look forward to chatting again soon. You too, and happy Easter. Uh, likewise, thanks, Brandon. Yes. That's Bye. Brandon Smith coming to us uh, live from the UK with the, with the UK news wrap up.